This episode, I interview Bill Kasky. Listen in as he shares some insights. If you do content every week, do something every week, you will become a better communicator, whether anybody reads your content or not. So just by the very nature of writing, producing videos, recording audios, I believe that I have grown in my ability to formulate sentences and and talk about concepts that might be difficult because I've had so many reps. You know, content's just a rep game. It's just a rep game. You're just constantly putting out content and every time you do it, you get a little better. Welcome to the Telling of Story podcast. I'm your host, Storyteller Jules, and along with my guests, it's my endeavor to explore the art and science of storytelling to attract, engage, and retain a business audience, and to unpack why it works for some and not for the many that try. Today, it's my honor to interview Bill Kasky. Bill is a sales development leader and experimenter who has been improving B2B sales teams and executives since 1990. His philosophies and strategies have fueled explosive growth in sales and profits for his clients. Bill's passionate about sharing his ideas about selling, business, life, money, and meaning. But his work expands beyond B2B and individual training and coaching. He is the author of Same Game New Rules, Rewire the Sales Mind, and The Sales Playbook, to name a few. He also co-hosts two podcasts, The Advanced Selling Podcast, a weekly podcast counselling sales forces and leaders who seek to improve their business, and the Bill Kasky podcast, a deeper dive into achievement. He believes the most important approach to any endeavour is improving one's mindset. So naturally, he enjoys business books, human development, psychology topics, as well as health and fitness books. Bill goes on to say that we owe it to ourselves to make it a lifelong habit of learning how to master our lives. Whether we're leaders of teams or members of those sales teams, our audience relies upon us to bring our A-game to the field every day. It's incumbent upon us to spend a few hours a week in personal growth, so we can be at our best when the time demands. Bill's success and passions are rooted by his family and community service. He spends time with his wife Jane and their two daughters Kelly and Cara who work in Indianapolis and Denver. You can find Bill at BillKasky.com, that's C-A-S-K-E-Y, and there's more information in the show notes at thetellingofstory.com. Bill, welcome to the show. That was a long bio. That was. I need to shorten that up a little bit, don't I? <laughs> no, thank you, Jules. It's really, uh, I'm looking forward to this and have uh, for the last week since we scheduled it, and so I think we'll get in some cool stuff today. I've been following your podcast for at least a decade now, so it's actually quite exciting for me to actually be speaking to you rather than just listening to to your voice. So welcome and thank you. Tell us, Bill, what is your backstory and how did you get into training and coaching in the first place? Yeah, well, I've been in the training and coaching business now for a better part of 30 years. And uh, man, it seems like a long time, but it's not. I'm still a young man. And I got into it uh, the the bass backwards way, which was I didn't think I was very good at sales. I did, actually more than I didn't think I was very, wasn't very good. I wasn't. I just wasn't very good at sales. And and it was one of those uh, come to Jesus meetings you have on the side of your bed at night when things aren't going well, and you have that deep conversation with yourself that basically is you got to get your act together here, my friend, because. Uh, 
there's there's no future outside of a certain narrow uh, just you know a focus in business. You're not going to be a lawyer. You're not going to go back to accountant accountancy school. You're not going to get an MBA. So sales is it, and you better figure it out. And so once we had that, we me and I had that conversation. Um, I started to get serious about learning what the truth was about sales. Cause I, I struggled with it. I was always in the bottom third of the stack rank and I, I knew I wasn't good. I wasn't pretending like I was good. I just was bad at it. And yet I, I enjoyed parts of it. I enjoyed the give and take between customers. I enjoyed the freedom, enjoyed the money. I actually did sell some things. So I wasn't a total loser. Uh, but I, I enjoyed parts of it, but parts of it were really painful for me. And so I set on a quest to go out and and buy at that time, you're too young, cassette tapes and CDs and you got some coaching and just, I really was a sponge for everything sales. And what I realized was that a lot of people were teaching it the wrong way. And they were kind of teaching salespeople how to be clowns, how to be, how to, how to be manipulative and how to, uh, you know, do whatever it takes to get the deal or to get the customer to say yes. And I always felt like that just didn't fit me. It just wasn't my personality. It felt out of integrity to me. So over the last uh, 25, 30 years, I've put it uh, to myself to figure out a better way to do it and teach people as I learn it. And uh, so that's what I've been up to the last 25 years. And at what point did you decide or make the decision to take that to an online environment, to a digital environment? Because I've been following you for at least a decade now. So you, you must have been an early proponent of d- the digital space. When did you decide? Was it a conscious decision? or? Yeah, we had um, a radio show in Indianapolis here. We're in Indianapolis, Indiana in the U.S., which is the Midwest, Eastern Time. And we had a radio show from 12 to 1 on Saturday at a little AM station. Couldn't have been more than 500 watts. I mean, it probably covered a few neighborhoods <laughs> around the tower. And, and yet we love doing it. Brian Neal and I, who co-host the Advanced Selling Podcast, we do that together. Uh, he and I had this show and, and we just enjoyed it. We got a kick out of each other on it. We got a kick out of the people who called in. There weren't many, but occasionally we'd have a call in. We were able to book guests. We had some killer guests on. We had Jack Canfield. We had David Allen. I mean, we had some really good guests. And, uh, and so we really enjoyed doing it. And so at some point about 15 years ago, uh, I started to hear about podcasting. And a friend of mine uh, told me that he would teach me how to do it, set it up. And so after I learned, it only took an hour to figure out how to do it. I said to Brian, I said, you know, we, we got to get into podcasting. This, we can use it. We can literally do a podcast, do a recording. And 15 minutes later, it's out to the world, Australia, Bali, New Zealand, I mean, wherever, it's everywhere versus a radio station that is only being listened to by the people in that neighborhood. So we went heavy into podcasting. We've done a thousand episodes-ish or a thousand-ish episodes over the last uh, 15 years. And uh, we've got 11,000, 12,000 people in our LinkedIn group. So we really committed to it. We haven't missed a week other than the holidays. We, We missed two weeks around the holidays, but we've been super consistent at it. So 12 years, um, no, did I say 12? It's 15 years, 15, 16 years times 50 episodes. It's up near a thousand episodes, about 900 episodes. And, and you have to be commended for that effort 
because I know the intensity of producing the show and speaking of the show. Was there any point in time that, you know, you felt like you were sort of spinning your wheels or wasting your time or you felt like throwing it in um, throughout that process? Yeah, that's a good question because I think I have gone through that and I think we're always, it's always in the back of our mind. It's, is this enough content? Is anybody listening? Now the Advanced Selling Podcast, I know I know there are people listening because of people like you who reach out. Uh, but I think, I think with any kind of content production, you're always wondering, well, I took a lot of time to do that piece of content and only had five people look at it or five shares and, and it, LinkedIn said there were 600. Wait a minute, I got 6,000 three months ago. Why is it only? I mean, you're, you constantly play that game with yourself. But here's the way I, I've looked at it. And a friend of mine, uh, uh, Doug Carr, who I just interviewed for my podcast, he said something to me once, probably 15 years ago, when this whole content thing started to come up. He said, if you do content every week, do something every week, you will become a better communicator, whether anybody reads your content or not. So just by the very nature of writing, producing videos, recording audios, I believe that I have grown in my ability to formulate sentences and, and talk about concepts that might be difficult because I've had so many reps. You know, content's just a rep game. It's just a rep game. You're just constantly putting out content. And every time you do it, you get a little better. I have clients that uh, I work with. I've got a high achievers group called the High Achiever uh, Mentoring Program. And I'm constantly on them to do LinkedIn videos. And I said, for those people who have never done one before, I said, do 20. Record yourself 20 times. Don't you dare let one of those get out. But I want you to record. I want you to watch it. And you tell me if the first, compare the first one to the 20th one and tell me you didn't make 100x improvement. And of course, they always do. But we look at that first, we tend to do, well, I just shot a LinkedIn video. Oh, God, I'm embarrassed about this. But Kasky said I need to do it. So I bet, no, don't do that. Do them until you get them right. Do a lot of reps. And before you know it, you'll, you'll be able to do them in three or four minutes, and you'll be happy with them. You'll be proud of them. So I think content is, is one of those things that you do it for the world, but you also do it for yourself. Because every time you do something, whether it's record or produce or write, you just get better. You just get better because you become more skilled at communicating your thoughts. I mean, the, the fact that you came from a radio background sort of makes sense to me, you know, leading into podcasting. And you've got a, a beautiful radio voice, um, which, is, which is part of the, I guess, the enticement to keep listening. Do you think it's important to, from a, you know, what, what's more important, the, the quality of the production and, the, you know, the way it sounds and the way it looks on video? Or is it the, the content? Is it the frequency? What are the things that are most important when, you, when coming to producing that type of content and, you know, making, making people or getting people to listen to that? Yeah, thank you for the very nice compliment. I, I, don't, I don't think um, voice quality has much to do with it. I, ha I listen to some podcasts. Uh, I listen to a guy named Adam Carolla, who has been on, in the podcasting circuit for 20 years. And his voice is awful. The first time I heard him, I'm like, I could never listen to that guy. And 20 years later, I'm still listening to him every day. But he's funny. And, and I think that the answer to your question is, how real are you? Like, I can tell when you did the introduction, when you asked the questions, you're not scripted. 
you, it comes from your heart. You're thinking through questions as you're asking them. I think that's what people are on to. They, they, are, they are too quick to turn, they're quick to turn off the person who's overly hyped, who's overly prepared, who's scripted, who sounds like he's doing some kind of late night radio show from back in the 70s. I think we're tired of that. I just think we're tired. It's like, oh God, we've heard that guy so many times before, or that lady. We don't want to hear them again. We want to hear someone who is, as they're answering a question or putting together a thought, they're actually thinking through it at the same time. That's really intriguing. Talk about storytelling. Uh, telling a story is great if you're memorizing it. Telling a story is even better if you're making it up as you go and you're remembering things. And you, oh, by the way, I forgot to, I forgot one important part. And that's the kind of stuff people love because they want to co-create it. They want to co-create it with you. And if you're just telling, 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 they don't get a chance to be a part of the creation process. And so I, I think the podcast success to the extent we've had it is because we literally go into a room for five minutes and we plan out what we're going to say. And we pose the question and I say, you know what, I've got three ideas. And he says, okay, I've got four, let's go. And we're winging it. But we've done it long enough. It's we're not really winging it. We're just winging the content for that day. So I think that realness and authenticity is probably a probably a bigger thing than voice quality. You've you've made an excellent point there on the way you approach your content creation. Has it always been that sort of natural for you, or or was it a little bit more laboured when you when you first began? Did you have to sort of sit down and? and think about, you know, what you were going to produce and less of the winging it? Or have you always just been, you know, natural enough that you can sort of make it up on the fly a little bit? Oh, I, I can't remember. It's been so long ago that we started. Um, I think we probably thought through it more than, like when I sat down to do my podcast, the Bill Kasky podcast is where I go into a lot deeper ideas about, life and discipline and, and mindset and things like that. Uh, I, I do take notes. You know, I come up with, with kind of an outline and a sketch of how I want the show to go. Uh, if things don't go according to plan, I'm always willing to stop and erase something and start over. Um, but with two people, I think that's one thing that people who are doing podcasting, if there's a two-headed podcast, two humans behind the mic, you can play off each other. You don't need as much rehearsal. Mm. You don't need as much scripting because he's going to say something that I will want to pick up on. I'll say something that he does. And so before you know it, you're 15, 18 minutes in, and but you're building off of each other. When it's a single-headed podcast, it's hard to do. You better have a, a, a script or an outline or bullet points, if nothing else. So what advice would you give somebody who's just starting out and, you know, wanting to get their sort of public persona uh, out there a little bit more? Um, is it better to start with uh, a co-host uh, or is it, you know, just like you say, get in front of a video and, and practice some and, and get your message out there? What's the, how would you, you know, particularly when it comes to a, a sales, you know, when you're, when you're teaching salespeople, how do, how do they get their brand out? What, what's your advice there? Yeah, I think that uh, the salesperson of today, and I work primarily with business-to-business salespeople, not uh, business-to-consumer, although I don't know that it makes any difference what I'm about to say. The salesperson of the future is the person who does have the brand, who, is, who has put time into developing their personal brand, 
And by personal brand, if you have a LinkedIn page, you have a personal brand. We're not talking about color schemes and logos and artwork and photoshops. We're not talking about that for now, maybe someday. I'm just talking about how are you building your reputation online so that when someone looks at you on LinkedIn, they say, oh, you know what? We need to have John in. Or I follow, I follow John. I mean, I get a call from people. I got a call last week from a guy who I worked with 20 years or 15 years ago, but he's been following me on the podcast for 12 years, 10 years. And just now he called. And I even said, I said, where have you been for 12? You've been listening for 12 years and it took you 12 years to pick up the phone and call me. And he, and he didn't laugh. And I said, that's, that is a joke, but thank you for calling. Um, but see, I, I think what happens is we don't, we as sales professionals don't think about our brand that way. We think about the brand being the company we represent. And, and it isn't, it is that, but it's also you. And if people are looking to you for advice and for resource and for answers to questions and expertise, you have a brand. So now the question is, what are you doing to build it? And I'm not talking about artificially constructing some kind of a schema. I'm not talking about that. Just what are you doing to build your reputation in the market? Are you delivering value? Are you educating the customer? Are you helping your customer base become more sophisticated in how they buy what it is you sell? Uh, uh, are you helping identify problems that they have that they may not even know they have through video and audio and things like that? So I think the salesperson of the future has to be a brand builder. It just have to be, or you're going to get beat by the people who are, because when you, when, if I'm, I just had a, uh, for, it's probably a fortune 1000 uh, uh, purchasing manager was in one of my groups. I don't know how he slept in, but he was one of my groups. And, uh, he said, if somebody calls me today, a salesperson that wants to see me, and I go to their LinkedIn page, and there is nothing there of value for me, I won't see them. And he says, if they haven't taken the time to write an article, to produce a video, to make a post of something of value, if they've done nothing, why would I see them? Why would I entertain seeing them? And when he said that, I'm thinking, well, that's it. That's it right there. You don't think people are looking. People are looking. People are searching on you. People are looking for you to see it. Maybe you called them and, and you said, uh, look, I've got something I want to show you. And they invited you in. Before you get there, that's likely they're searching for you to find out who you really are. If they see nothing, they may cancel. You're not positioned properly. Nothing good happens. So I think, I think it's a huge thing right now to build your brand. And I think you can do it through building content. Uh, I think LinkedIn video is the best way to do it right now. I think you'll get more reach. Uh, it's getting a little tougher because, you know, only 10 to 15% of your LinkedIn connections will probably see any piece of content. Maybe it's less than that, but, but still it gives good practice. People will start to recognize you as a thought leader, as somebody who's out there trying to give good quality information. So I think LinkedIn video is a really good place to begin. Uh, I've been saying for for many years, and and statistically, it's it's been shown in in many different reports that I've read that people will research or are, are spending more time researching both the individuals that they're buying from and also the company that they're buying from before they pick up the phone. Well, before you know, sixty, seventy, eighty percent of the research is done before they make any form of content uh, contact, and if you're not out there. If you're not visible, 
then you might as well be invisible because they won't buy from you ultimately. So it's it's great advice. So can you, after 15 years, I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time. You've, you had a sales practice before you uh, got online at all. Can you quantify at all what impact that brand building has done for you and your, your business? Well, um, I don't make cold calls. So... And have never have, never have. I shouldn't say that. Maybe the first month I was in the business, I had to had to make a few, but I I hated them. I didn't. Yeah, it's like it was just awful. I mean, I and I don't I don't suggest that salespeople in my program. I don't suggest salespeople make cold calls. I think there's a better way to do it. I'm not saying you don't reach out with something, but have something in your in your satchel have something there for a value to the person when you are making these cold calls. So therefore I've, I never made them. So I kind of relied on education, whether it's a uh, executive previews, we used to do monthly executive previews. I would invite 15 to 20 people to come and visit. And I would talk about some things in sales and, you know, 10%, 20% of people would raise their hand at the end and say, okay, I want you to come in and see me. So that's how we built our business through education, education, marketing, and I think it's the same way today. We do webinars. Um, I've always got a, a webinar at the top of BillCaskey.com for uh, w- whatever the topic is. There's always one we're promoting. All of our business comes through personal brand building. Uh, everything, whether it's a podcast listener who finally calls or whether it's somebody who listens to it, watches our YouTube channel or somebody who comes on the webinar, somebody who signs up for an email like a freebie of some kind or something that we've produced. And then they hit their, our, their, uh, they hit our email list. All of it comes from personal brand building. I don't, I don't know anything that doesn't, we don't have like people walking by the hallway and say, Oh, what do you do here? Oh, sales training. Oh, I think I might, we don't have that. It's all, it's all virtual. Has that meant that your sphere of, you know, the business that you do and the people that you interact with, is that much more global than it would have been prior to to getting online, or are you still pretty well contained in in Indianapolis? No, it's it's global. I mean, I've got a client in Madrid, I've got uh, clients in Toronto, I've got individual clients all over Europe and England. Um, used to have some in Australia, uh, but don't anymore. And then probably half our business is from the U.S. But I only have one client who's in Indianapolis who's physically in Indianapolis and I go see them and we work on fact that's, we do only brand building for that company. It's a construction company. Uh, But yeah, everything that we've done, I would put under the brand building, uh, under brand building. And so it has been responsible for, you know, tens of millions of dollars to us over the last 20 years. Fabulous. And Bill, what, you know, one of my last questions is, you know, what, what have you learned about yourself through this journey? I think I've learned, I've learned something in the last three months and it's been around me for probably f- all my life, but sometimes those, those things just pop in and it's like, well, that's why, that's why this is working or that's why this is not working. And that is, I must really believe in what I do. I, I've got to really believe that if you pay me X amount of thousands of dollars to, for me to be your coach for a year, or if you pay me, 
you know, thousands to come in and, and speak to your group or whatever. It doesn't matter what the money is, but when you're paying me money, I'm selling something to you of value that I'm going to come and deliver. I've got to believe in it. And if I have even the, the narrowest thought about, you know, yeah, we could do that, but I don't know, but we'll go ahead and try to sell it. It never works. It just never works. And so we just released a, a program for high achievers this year. And I committed to really getting into the details and not just glossing over things, but really getting into the details about imposter syndrome and about all the reasons that we can't scale our business and self-limiting beliefs. And I got, I went all in on that. And when I talk to somebody now, I know I just reek, I just reek the value that I'm trying to communicate, not in a pitchy way, just in a way that, look, this is, this will be the best program you ever do. I, I know it is because I've created it and I've built it and I've researched it and it's been a lot of time doing it. And I think people just feel that versus trying to make the sale because you need the money. And I think there's a very, very big difference there. So what I've learned about myself is I'm, I've got to really believe in what I've created or what I'm selling, or I won't be successful at it. And on the other hand, when I do believe in it, I can be very successful at it. So what I hear there is that you've got a very strong uh, mindset when it comes to both developing your products and services and delivering them and the authenticity of actually selling something of value is of huge importance to you so that both you have that confidence to sell it and deliver on it and maybe even over deliver on it and for somebody to take that on board and actually get value from that that interaction to you is is hugely important and I get that from just even from listening to your podcast is that the uh, authenticity level is at a hundred because that's, you know, it's coming from a a good place. It's coming from the heart, um, but it's also coming from experience and knowledge that you'll be able to add value to anybody who either listens or or takes part. Is that true? That is true. You said it, you said it better than I did. (laughs) It was, it was very well spoken. Um, I was listening to a guy the other day and I would, I would attribute it, but I cannot think of who it was, but, we talk about this mindset, you brought up mindset. So I'll finish here. We talk about mindset a lot, because to me, that's all there is any kind of any kind of success you have in life or in business or in sales or in making money. It begins up here. It begins with how we think about ourselves, our market, our business, our potential, our relationships with our customers, our value, it all begins in our mind. And one way that I think you can attract more people is to not need them and to be detached from any and all outcomes. And I get into some discussions with other sales trainers and it's like, oh, the other sales trainers like, oh no, you've got to be attached to every deal and times are tough and there's not enough deals and you got to be dogged and like, you don't understand. Prospect doesn't want that. Do you think the prospect wants you hanging on their shirt collar, you know, when they get home, just, just like dog, just dogging people. Do you think that's enjoyable for prospects to have you dog people? Really? Do you believe that? And some of them do. I believe it's just the opposite. I believe that if uh, this speaker that I was hearing talk, he talked about with or without you energy. Uh, I'm okay with you or without you. I'm okay either way. If you don't want to work with me, God bless you. That's great. Next, I'm on because I've got a good prospecting mechanism. I've got 
ads working. I've got good content. So if somebody says no, that's cool. Now, some people, it bother, it, they, can't, they can't accept that. It's just too, it's too, it's a bridge too far. <laughs> and yet we live in an abundant world. You can, there's 7 billion people on this planet. Now, all those are not prospects for you, but I bet a percent are. And if everybody, I always say this to my clients, if everybody showed up tomorrow who's in your territory, if you have such a thing, raised their hand and said, I want to, I want to buy from you, you couldn't handle it. You couldn't handle all the, all the sales. So I know the market's abundant. So the question is, is why are you so attached in an abundant market? If the market, the more abundant the market is, the more detached you should be, because if this person doesn't buy, the next one will. Now, I'm not being a jerk about it. I'm not, I'm not being flippant or cavalier, but I also don't get attached to any deal. I don't get attached to a deal because I know that there's one right behind that one. And that gives you a lot of energy. It gives you confidence. And I think it's better for the prospect because now you're not, you're not dogging them. You're not persistent and calling and following up and bugging the hell out of people. You're not doing it. You're saying, look, I'll, I'll, if I don't hear from you Friday at five, I'll just presume that this is a done deal. It's over. You and I subscribe to the same philosophy. I think I've always said that, you know, I prefer people to buy from me um, rather than be sold to. So I'd like them to know and understand me and what I do and how I do it and my ethos and my attention. And, um, and if they like what they see and they like what they hear, then they will naturally come come knocking and, and pay pay dollars to to be part of that and that's great and if they don't like that then that's okay too yeah yeah and part of that then it's incumbent upon us as sales professionals to be really good at understanding the problems they have understanding what they're struggling with where they're trying to get to understanding how to craft our message and our offer so we are, it's incumbent upon us to do things really well in the sales process. We're not talking here about just sitting back, waiting for the phone to ring and say, well, do you want to work with me or not? Absolutely not. There's lots of stuff that has to happen. But at the end of the day, if you're the more detached you are, the more power you have, the more freedom you have to ask the questions that need to be asked, to say the things that need to be said. And if you're attached and need the deal, you're not going to ask them because you're not free. Bill, my, my final question for the day, and this is something I like to ask all of my interview guests. Um, if somebody paid you a million dollars to pick your brain, but you only had a few minutes, what would you say to them? A few minutes. Wow. A million dollars for a few minutes. Now, that's music to my ears. I like that. I should come up with something creative. Um, what would I say? I would probably go to the concept of the map and the map concept to me, it's not an acronym. It's actually a word uh, is where, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And I would help them in the few minutes because I would want to help them for a million bucks. I would want to, I would say, I'm on the clock. So I'm going to help you. Let's craft where you want to go. What do you want to be, do, see, have in five, five to 10 years? get crystal clear about that. Even if you think it's a wild, a wild shot, a shot in the dark, just get clear about it and then build the map to get there. 
So what are some things that have to happen along the way? Well, number if the person says, well, I want to make a million dollars a year, how much are you making now? 50 grand. Okay. Well, one step along the way is you're going to have to get okay with a million dollars a year, psychologically okay. Because you're not going to do, you're not going to go from 50 to a million if you can't get psychologically okay with having a million dollars come in. So um, I would want to build, help them establish the clear vision, the clear ideal outcome, clear future, and then uh, help them build a map. And to me, that would easily be worth a million dollars to them. Bill, I feel like I've got a million dollars worth of value just in the last 30 minutes. And I know you and I could talk all day, all day. And I've heard so many podcasts and I'm amazed that every podcast is engaging. uh, It's useful. It's positive content. uh, It's something that I can often take away. So thank you for the years of service. Uh, It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure interviewing you can find out more about bill at billkaskey.com is there anywhere else everything's there jules it's all there free videos audios and uh, ways you can connect with me and also at the very top there's a webinar button that uh, is promoting our current webinar which is coming up here in a couple of weeks bill thank you so much thanks for being on thanks, the show jules. okay how good was bill It was an absolute delight to talk directly to someone who I've held with great respect for so many years. My take on all that was, if you truly believe you are able to solve a problem, if you are passionate and knowledgeable in your space, regular publishing of content from you will elevate you as a thought leader and that will ultimately attract, engage and retain an audience who one day might just buy from you. It might not happen overnight, but with persistence and practice, it will happen. If you've enjoyed this episode, head on over to thetellingofstory.com where you will find links to Bill, this episode and others like it. Make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss out on each episode as they are released and I always appreciate if you take the time to leave me a comment or rate this podcast on your favourite medium. Much love. Chat soon.